Hey guys, thanks for coming back. This is Shannon Smith's Shooting Show. We're up to episode three now. Hard to believe. I uh, appreciate, appreciate you guys joining me again. Uh, I'm getting some feedback on the show now, so that's cool. Uh, some people actually watching, or in this case, listening. Uh, a lot of questions rolling in and show topics rolling in, so we're, I'm excited for that. Um, nice to have some material to talk about. As always... Uh, reach out on my social media avenues, Shannon Smith Shooting, uh, on Facebook and Instagram. I've got the tweeter, although I'm still trying to embrace that. Not really, not really figuring out the tweeter thing yet. And uh, website, shannonsmithshooting.com. Uh, you, can, you can join and subscribe there. Uh, be kept up to date on the blog and on the new releases of, uh, of the podcast. Although I always put that up on, uh, on Facebook as well. Uh, it's a... A lot to keep up with, as a lot of you guys know that are in the industry out there, whether it's shooting related or not, the social media uh, nightmare for, I was going to say for lack of a better word, but that's actually, that's actually a pretty good word. Uh, it's just hard to, hard to keep up with a lot of, and very time consuming, and uh, I do the best that I can in trying to keep up with it. Uh, today is the beginning of August, hard to believe, but we're in the first week of August, and as per my normal, hanging out on the porch... Uh, enjoying a glass of whiskey and a cigar. Trying something new on the the whiskey front today. We have Three Rangers Whiskey. As a lot of you guys and gals may know, I was uh, a U.S. Army Ranger, and uh, I honestly don't know a whole lot about this company. Uh, somebody brought it to me as a gift, an uh, old Ranger buddy of mine, actually. And uh, according to their website, the, the founder is a, a Ranger, and then a couple other Rangers involved in the company, and CEO, and but uh, nonetheless, it's pretty good. You can check out their, their website, 3rangers.com. It's a uh, rye, which is not normally my favorite, to be honest, but uh, it doesn't taste uh, as rye-y as some of the other ryes out there, if that makes any sense. But uh, it's pretty good, pretty good whiskey. And as usual, I still am going to experiment with cigars for you at some point, but the Perdomo La 23 is, is what we're having tonight. Uh, so I'm going to roll right into some shooting questions we have because it ties into uh, a big topic of discussion that actually I was going to discuss anyway on this episode. And then um, a friend of mine, local local shooter, came up with a question uh, along the same lines. So Joe, one of our local shooters out at Universal Shooting Academy, he competes in our uh, Defensive Pistol League matches as well as, uh, as a member out there and shoots a lot. He asked me via email, what should a C and D shooter practice with limited practice time, limited resources, and uh, limited skill set, and that's kind of the iconic, you know, question that that we get from a lot, a lot of folks. Everybody wishes, myself included, that we had more time, that we had more money, that we had more bullets, that we had more guns. It's, you know, I guess at some point you get to enough, but actually I probably have enough guns, but definitely could use more ammo, and you know, everybody's limited. In resources to some extent, um, you know I know the top shooters in the world, and they may have you know plenty of ammo. Um, they may have a range out their back door, but you know they're still limited on time. They've they've got other responsibilities. They have sponsor responsibilities or 
or work responsibilities, what, whatever their, their job may be outside of shooting. And so everybody's got some limitations. And, you know, you want to do uh, the best that you can with what you got to work with. And this ties in um, with the topic that I was going to hit on. Uh, a buddy of mine, prior student, friend Trent, and I were talking about shooting in general. And I forget how we got on the, on the topic, but the KISS principle came up. Uh, keep it simple, stupid. And I was kind of explaining to him that most people that I come in contact with uh, from an instructor-student standpoint, I don't think value the importance of the little things. And that's something I've been really been harping on in the last year or so, or maybe more in my classes, is uh, I sometimes struggle internally with the fact that I maybe don't feel like I'm providing the student with the value that they're seeking. I'm not giving them what they're looking for. And I should probably should have done a little more research on this before I dove into this. But I, you know, I wonder if in other avenues of uh, instructing or student-teacher relationships, if uh, if they have the th the same the same issue or if there's a term for it like the instructor wants to give you what he or she knows that you need while struggling with the fact of providing you with the value and you know your perceived value and what it is that you want um and for me man the more the more i've gotten into this the last the last couple of years and i still think i've got a little bit better personally to get as a shooter i certainly have room to grow as an instructor but man, it's the, it's just the little things. There's no, there's no magic pixie dust to, to sprinkle on and, and turn you into a grandmaster shooter uh, in, the, in the in the span of a of a day or, or a week long class. You know what I try to do is to get across the the fundamentals, the principles, the you know what it takes to execute a shot well, accurately, quickly. Uh, how to implement that in, in within the confines of a stage, if it's a competition class, or within the confines of a self-defense scenario, if it's a if it's a tactical class. And then I had a class this past weekend uh, outside of Knoxville, Tennessee. A buddy of mine, Jason, put it together up there. Uh, he's a pretty good shooter. He teaches some as well. We had a, a great, great group of guys, um, primarily three gunners, but the class was pistol focused. And uh, super, super fun two-day class, nice range. We just, just had a really good time hanging out with the guys. And they were all pretty good shooters to begin with. So we didn't have to have a lot of, you know, this is the dangerous end of the gun type of thing. And uh, we, had this, we had this exact same conversation. And I was, I think they got it. You know, I think they got it. You, you've got to shoot a little bit and you've got to have a little bit of experience. You have, a little bit, have to have a little bit of understanding of the game to get it. Uh, but I think they did. And I told them the same conversation that I really try to instill, man, it's just the little things. If you, know, if, you, if you understand what it takes to fire an accurate shot, uh, the techniques, the fundamentals, the, you know, the intricate trigger control motions, uh, then that's, a, that's more, than half, more than half the game. Well, then it's just a struggle to do quicker. You know, I mean, how, we all have to make an accurate shot. And... The game really comes down to who can do it the fastest. Well, after the class, Jason and I were talking about various things and classes and shooting in general, uh, and he brought up a good point that I uh, hadn't really thought about. I mean, maybe I'd said it a different way or thought about it a different way, but I'm definitely going to incorporate this into my into my training from now on. Um, he said something to the effect of most shooters come to classes wanting techniques, and what they need are fundamentals. 
So again, so those three things that the question from Joe, the conversation I was having with Trent and um, my talks with Jason after the, the class in Tennessee all tie into the, the topic for today and, and that it's just the little things. Uh, fundamentals of marksmanship, mo most folks don't have a good grasp of uh, how to work the site properly, how to work the trigger properly so you don't screw up the site, you just spend time getting on target. And then how to do that again consistently. And then how to do that again. And then how to do that again. What's your average stage count these days? 12, 20, 15, 30? Uh, you have to execute uh, a large amount of shots almost perfectly or pretty damn close to perfectly uh, within the course of a match in order to be successful. Most folks when they come to a class want uh, how do I shoot on the move? How do I shoot swingers? How do I get into position better? Uh, how do you... Uh, attack this particular moving target set what's the timing sequence on this and I'm not saying those are not worthwhile <clears throat> excuse me I'm not saying those are not worthwhile aspects to train on believe me they are and and I work on them and we work on them in courses uh, but the problem is most people can't hit the target if they're just standing still staring at it and that's where that's where the divide is and that's you know probably one of the separations between the top people out there and the and the people that are good but are never going to be the top people as they just don't get it. And you've got to understand that it doesn't matter how quickly you can move from position to position. It doesn't matter how quickly I can get you into that box. It doesn't matter how quickly I can explain or have you engage an activator for a swinger or for, for some type of a moving target. If you can't execute the fundamentals of marksmanship, and if you can't execute a proper trigger pull quickly in order to engage that disappearing target, swinger, slider, uh, moving threat, if you're in a tactical world, whatever, if you can't execute a proper trigger pull to engage that target effectively, then none of the other shit matters. And, again, that's where I struggle, as, as I mentioned, from the instructor standpoint, in that I know what the student wants, I also know what the student needs, and those are not the same, those are not the same thing uh, in most cases. So to get back more to the question, what would a C and D shooter, what should a C and D shooter practice with uh, limited time and resources? Uh, no surprise coming from me, but fundamentals of marksmanship. Uh, work on trigger control exercises. Uh, if you've taken classes with me, you've got a lot of them. Uh, if, you, if not, you can search around on the internet or shoot me an email and I'll, I'll hook you up. But uh, any type of exercise that requires solid fundamentals of marksmanship. You know, my favorite are shooting plate racks. I know that's resource intensive. Um, not everybody has a plate rack hanging out they can shoot. I understand that. Uh, from there, you have um, a dot drill. Uh, Frank Garcia's got a pretty famous dot drill. I know there's some other instructors out there that, that have dot drills that they work with. Uh, I have the, the tape drill. Those guys who have trained with me in the last year or so have uh, seen my tape drill that I stole from, from my buddy Ted Pointe. Uh, and all else fails. Uh, good old bullseye target you can download off of any website on the internet uh, put the bullseye target at 10 15 25 yards and just shoot groups and whatever it takes any any type of drill that requires solid 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 fundamentals marksmanship to execute the drill or to hit the target uh, that's what i would work on and if you wanted to take it down to the to the bare bones level um uh, 8 by 11 sheet of paper with a 1 inch dot in the middle or a 2 inch dot in the middle 
uh, seven yards at your indoor range or, or maybe four yards to start at your indoor range and, and start there. Work on that. Um, Ron Avery's got it. I don't know if he's still got it on his website. This has been 100 years ago, but uh, he had a dot, a dot drill you could download PDF off of, um, again, 8.5 by 11 and had a series of two-inch dots or maybe they're one, I think they're one-inch dots. Uh, one-inch dots to be shot uh, super close range. I think, I think it was a three-yard target or a five-yard target or, or less. And that was just that. It was just fundamentals of marksmanship. And that, that correlates to, like, Frank's two-inch dots at, at seven or ten yards. It correlates to my plate racks at 15, 20 yards. It's, it's all the same thing. We just present it in different ways to, to keep you interested. But it all comes down to executing the fundamentals of marksmanship. So if I had limited time, uh, resources, and budget, that's what would work on Joe. I'd, I'd get yourself uh, in a year out at the range. So... Um, uh, paper target with a series of pasters on it would work. Uh, plate rack, if you get access to the plate rack out there, that would work. But any type of drill that just that just brings home the fundamentals, and just go at it, man. You know, whatever ammo you can afford for uh, that day or that week or that hour, I'd spend it on trigger control. Uh, to this day, well, in fact, today I'm print training up for the production nationals now that are uh, a week away or a week and a half away. So today I shot uh, carry objects nationals too as a same time and I'm shooting both uh, so today I went to work have some time set aside this week for practice so I went out this morning with a carry optics gun hit that for uh, 300 rounds or something uh, had lunch went out this afternoon with the production gun hit that for four, 400 500 maybe uh, and I did shoot some paper because um, I know uh, going to Barry we're gonna have a lot of partial targets and um, you just you know what the stages are going to look like up there, so I worked a lot of the target presentations that I know I'm going to see, and with the carry optics gun, which is a new animal to me. Uh, although I've shot dots forever, and as you know, I'm concentrating on open now, uh, it's still different. The carry optics gun is just different in the way it presents, the way it reacts. So I wanted to get some partial targets and get get a look at some uh, target presentations that I know I'm going to see with that gun and how that gun's going to respond and how's it going to come back down and recoil on those type of targets. So I shot quite a bit on that, but I spent at least half, um, you know, 30% to half of the time today on uh, trigger control fundamental drills. Shot a lot of plate racks, um, a lot of steel, and did some uh, grouping drills. I was zeroing the, the carry out his gun. It's the first time I really had it out to practice, so I spent a little time zeroing that. Uh, so that was a good bit of my practice and ammo with the with the carry optics gun, but there again, when you're shooting a zero target, what are you doing? Perfect sight picture, perfect trigger pull. You know, seeing where the gun hits, making adjustments, checking different types of ammo. So I, I goofed around a bit with that, but it was still a, a fundamental drill. Uh, and to hit on Trent's point that I mentioned, you know, we talked about the kiss principle, and again, a lot to be said for that. But it's feeding back into the same thing. Keep it simple. If you have five, six days a week to go out and shoot 500,000 rounds, by all means, work a bunch of different techniques, work a bunch of different targets, work a bunch of different stages. But look at, most people don't Most people don't have that kind of time. I don't have that kind of time. So the time that I do have to devote to the range, you know, I want to work on the simple things, uh, fundamental sight picture trigger control. Work on the stuff that you're going to see 90% of the match. You know, 90% of the time, or to look at the other side, 10% of the time of the match, you're going to see weird shit. Strong and weekend, swingers, uh, drop turners, 
slider or some funky ass target you've never seen before. You know, even take your local level match all the way up to your national level match, and of all the targets there that you're going to shoot, what percentage of those targets are other than static targets standing there? And it ain't going to be much more than 10%. So 90% of the time, when you're out shooting a match, you're going to be engaging a static target standing there looking at you. Uh, it might be a partial target, yeah, but it's still going to be nothing fancy. It's just going to be a regular old target that you have to hit the A-zone on. Easier said than done, right? Uh, so if you're going to see that 90% of the time in a match, I'm inclined to spend 90% of my time in practice working on it. You know, work on the stuff that you're going to see. Absolutely shoot strong and we can. I shot some of that today. But I also know I'm going to see that in Barry. Um, you know, if you've got access to swinging targets and some weird shit like that, sure, go shoot it. But um, keep in mind that best use of your range time, keeping it simple, work on the 90%. You know, good fundamentals on uh, on big-ass targets. And to wrap it up on Jason's point, uh, techniques versus fundamentals, I thought that was a very interesting way to look at it. Uh, a lot of students or a lot of shooters in general, they're looking for a technique that's going to make them better. Uh, looking for how do I draw better, how do I move better, how do I engage this type of moving target better, etc. Um, when they need to be looking more at the fundamentals. You know, solid, harden, harden up your fundamentals. When you can run a plate rack at 25 yards, um, you know, 95, 98% hits. Uh, when you've got that good, consistent grip 99% of the time, you know, then that's when you start searching out for, for other things to work on. But hit that 90% hard, uh, get it solid, and work on your fundamentals and marksmanship. Sight picture, trigger squeeze. That is my thing. So that's our covers our our question for the day. You know, on our, our gear topic, I've got a funny story on that. I've had a lot of a lot of classes in July, a lot more than normal. So I've had a lot of I have a lot of good student conversations and topics to bring up to you. So my Glock shoots high. It's always shot high. I have a, a Glock 17 that I shoot for uh, most of my tactical or self defense or, or military classes. It's got Civigny sights on it, front and rear. And then I have a Glock 34 built by Terran, uh, Terran Tactical Innovations. It has Terran sights front and rear. Both of those guns shoot high. They're fixed sights. They've always shot high. I've had them for 10 years. I don't know, long time. And just deal with it. Uh, you know, if you're shooting a 147 grain bullet versus a 124 grain bullet, it's different in their impact zone, significantly different. And some plated bullets are significantly er different. So it's you know just something I've dealt with over time, and I don't shoot a lot of production. I don't really give a shit about production. It's just not my division. Nothing wrong with it. It's cer certainly super popular division, uh, but not my thing. However, I do always shoot the production network. It, when it just when production has been standalone match, as it is this year and last, uh, I've always shot the production nationals and because, as I mentioned in the last podcast, you know I want to compete. And that's like the, the old IROC series for my racing fans out there. Um, again, some, some of the single-stack nationals as well, although that match is dead to me. But you've got you know all the top shooters out there shooting pretty similar guns. That applies more to single-stack than production nowadays, but uh, still a relatively similar gun, a lot of industry support. So I'm certainly going to go there and uh, see, how I, see how I stand up against the best. Well, maybe I've... 
been naive in the past, but it appears to me production is getting to be tighter and tighter in terms of accuracy requirements. I know that since it's been in Barrie, they've got, you know, last year they called it the no-shoot nationals because every, every target up there had a had a no-shoot or a partial. Or I shot uh, 50 Bravos in the match last year. 100 points down in Bravos. Uh, they had so many of the diagonal penalty targets across the across your shoot target, a lot of headshots, and I couldn't hit the A-box in the, in the head to save my life. Uh, so I've been trying to up the accuracy in my uh, training with production. And plus, with the point, you know, the point system like it is, scored minor, uh, production being, you know, shooting a Delta, uh, Charlie is way more painful than it is in opening limited, and a Delta is not even worth the, the price of the bullet. So save it. Uh, stand by for cigar lighting operations. So I've been upping the, the accuracy level in my training, trying to shoot more points, shoot better points, and all the while dealing with this gun that shoots high. So I'm training with a student who also shoots a Glock 34, a friend of mine. We've trained together before, and we're kind of bitching about it back and forth, and he said, well, why don't you put a uh, taller front sight on? Well, I never thought about that, asshole. So in eight or ten years of shooting this Glock, dealing with it, shooting high, it never once dawned on my dumb ass to put a taller front sight on. So in our gear segment this month, I would recommend sighting in your gun so it hits where it's supposed to hit, like I do every other gun that I own. But for some reason, deemed it not necessary to do with the Glocks. Um, and I think it was just a matter of, you know, it's been primarily a goof-around gun. It's been my training gun, my, my tactical teaching gun. Shot production occasionally. I shoot IDPA with it, but you don't need any accuracy there. And it's just never been a big issue. Um, and switching back and forth ammo, which I, I do quite a bit in 9mm. It's kind of, I shoot when I get my hands on. So switching back and forth ammo, it changed. So I just, I never, never really thought about it apparently but now again that you know i'm trying to make a show of production and i know the accuracy requirements are going to be stupid uh, i changed the site so i called my buddy chris patty at uh cpwsa i think it is and he overnighted me a couple of front sights and got a taller front sight on there and i'll be damned it hits where it's supposed to hit now uh still a big discrepancy in the ammo which is um that's kind of a the way shit rolls sometimes it's you know you're dealing with um 20 20 grains different or, or more if you're talking 115s although i never shoot 115s but you know 124 to 147 it's a significant weight difference in the bullet and they just frankly hit different spots so you just got to be cognizant of that and um you know set one gun up for one one for the other or you have to change the sights back and forth or just deal with it depending on what you're doing i shoot 147s primarily uh, or exclusively for for major events, I do train with 124s a lot, just because it's a little exp less expensive, and I can get my hands on them. But um, so I just deal with that in practice, and at the end of the end of the practice session, I always you know shoot three, four, five mags of of the 147s just to reinforce the the aiming spot where I'm looking on the target, and the recoil impulse is different as well, so you get the feel get the feel for that again. So. Um, make sure your gun's hitting where you want. Check out Chris Patty if you 
need some quick Glock parts. He was the, the man hooking me up for the for that class I had going on. Uh, Olympics coming up. I'm rounding up the show here. Olympics starting this week, so I'm stoked about that. I like the uh, – see, I said stoked. That's like a skateboard award. Uh, big Olympic fan, obviously big pro-American dude, so I like to see us smashing other countries and anything we can smash them at, whether it's uh, diving or nuclear war or whatever. I just like America winning. A uh, quick topic on our lifestyle section. I don't know if I hit the uh, motorcycle stuff or not last month or last episode. I had it written on my notes, but I don't know if I uh, had time or not. And I didn't didn't read back through to or listen back through the, to the show to see if I did. But I'm definitely a motorcycle junkie, uh, uh, riding cruisers at the moment. But if I uh, won the lottery tomorrow, I'd be out riding motorcycles and shooting matches and not working like most of us. But I am going to uh, Deals Gap, North Carolina, for the Tale of the Dragon the first week in September, Labor Day, which I know will be busy up there, but that's the time I got. So if any guys got any insight or info up there, let me know. I've been researching it a little bit, uh, not enough yet. But I know the I know the Tale will be busy. But I also know there's a lot of other roads around the area that are, that are badass as well and aren't quite as popular and maybe won't be quite as crowded. So if anybody's got any good insight on that, let me know. Uh, otherwise, as always, uh, send me your questions. You can reach me through any outlets that I mentioned uh, this, uh, at the beginning of the show, uh, as well as my email. And uh, a few of them have been coming in, which I really, really appreciate. I've got uh, a couple on cue for, for our next episode. I couldn't get to them all tonight. Uh, but they've so thus far been all really good questions that, that lead into great topics that I can hammer on about. Anything else you want to hear on the show, let me know. Certainly appreciate you guys listening. Uh, I've got a lot of good things coming up. Production Nationals are right around the corner. Probably won't get another episode done uh, until after that. So I'm sure there'll be some great topics uh, out of that match. A lot of learning points to cover. And then all the big shows are coming to our place soon. We've got uh, IPSC Nationals, USPSA Nationals, Monster Match, and, and IRC all coming up in the next few months. So I've been talking with Dave Jenkins, uh, a buddy of mine who's the... I'll call him the pseudo-match director for the USPSA Nationals. He's not the match director, but he's doing all the work on the ground and uh, helping get the show rolling. So I'm trying to get him lined up for a, for an interview on stage design and what his thought process, thought process is going into building the stages for a national championship. And then a little bit about match directorialship as well. It's you know I run matches for a living. Uh, he, run matches, he runs matches because he loves it. Uh, at his club and he works up a lot at uh, at Universe Shooting Academy as well so I'm sure we'll have some great insight for us so if you got I don't know when that's going to be but it'll be coming up soon uh, so if you got questions from the the match administering standpoint fire those away and any shooting questions fire those away as well you guys have a great week and I'll get back with you as soon as I can see you <laughs>